Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS. And that link will be in the show notes. A lot of the times I think we make our goals a little bit too big and we say, I want this big lofty thing, but if you don't break it down into really small, simple, actionable steps, that's when sometimes it's almost out of reach because we haven't made it attainable for ourselves. We haven't broken it down and made it so simple. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Do you need to detox? January is really a time where the word detox gets thrown around and people spew all kinds of craziness on both sides of the fence. But here's the thing. We need to show respect where respect is due, my friends. Detox is amazing, and I happen to have a pretty intimate connection and knowledge on what detox looks like and when it is slowed. From waking up with a puffy face or your eyes being swollen or retaining water weight or having skin stuff like acne, eczema, etc. pop up or identifying as a sweaty person, not handling alcohol like I did when I was 21, not waking up energized, waking up in the middle of the night, even some interesting eye symptoms I can trace to my detox systems. So what do you do? Well, thank God this is a podcast and not a Twitter post because it doesn't fit in 140 characters. When people ask me questions like, what do you think of this chlorella supplement or dandelion tea or juice cleanse? I want to sit down and give you the 101 on what's happening inside your body so you know exactly if and what that tea or supplement will or will not help. That's why I'm doing a live detox masterclass on January 8th. Don't worry, a replay will be available if you register for the live version. In my Detox Masterclass, you'll get the Detox 411 of what's going on on the inside and outside of your body, plus simple shifts you can make to make these systems work better. You'll get how often you should give your body some love on your detox pathways, so your skin, digestion, energy, and just your body in general runs at its absolute best. You'll also get my two-week detox protocol that you can use, then rinse and repeat to affect everything from how much fluid you're retaining to improving sleep and energy to how much you sweat to that bare nose that you have. I've been wanting to do this forever and we're finally doing it. So 
Just go to kristabigler.com forward slash detox to take my do you need to detox quiz and register for this jam-packed masterclass. You do not want to miss it. So we'll have this link in the show notes as well, but it's kristabigler.com forward slash detox. I'll see you there. All right, today on The Less Stress Life, we decided that it would be really appropriate for end of year stuff to bring on a big partner on my team, someone I brought in in the last few months, and her name is Sierra Robbins. So Sierra is a dietitian turned operations expert. She helps busy dietitians finally step into the role of CEO by taking ops, team management, and tech off of their plates. She started a business, Robbins Collective, to help overwhelmed dietitians turn their endless to-do lists into growth and profit. Welcome, Sierra. Thanks for joining me for this conversation of end Hi. of year stuff. So excited. Yeah. So I new Sierra, you know, it's like who, you know, world. And one of my friends had Sierra on her team who, you know, of course was a recommendation from someone else. And really we're talking about end of year review stuff. And so I'll just share that when Sierra came on, I was feeling pretty like, Ooh, (laughs) I got too much crap going on, which is a really Krista thing to have going on anyway. And I felt like I was babysitting a lot of pieces. And so she takes this role of online business manager where she, she comes in because someone was just messaging me this morning on Instagram. It was someone who's getting into health. I, I don't know what her credentials are. It did not make sense to me because I do not know what they are, but she said, how did you do blah, 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 some tech thing quiz we've created. And I was like, oh, well, it's new for us and blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, it's so hard to learn tech and you know become this blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, over 50% of your job is not in your passion area when you own a business for sure at minimum. But Sierra, you have kind of a cool background. You were in worksite wellness and I'd love to hear like, it's okay to toot your horn here. Like you brought the business from, I think there was like two dietitians when you started. And then at the end it was a lot. So I think this is going to segue nicely because it's about strengths. It's like recognizing what you're good at and like leaning into that. Yeah. So I started out as a retail dietitian. So I was basically a sample lady at a grocery store for a couple of years. And I loved it because it helped me to actually understand buyers. I think when you're in school as a dietitian, you understand Mifflin St. George and calculations and like you prepare for the clinical world. But what I really wanted is to just be around real people. And that four years that I was in a grocery store five days a week, it really helped me to better understand how people make buying decisions and how product is even placed. And it was really fascinating to be able to see how people interact with everyday products and then filtering it through my dietitian brain of, but wait, that's not what I learned in school. So being immersed just with the people for so many years was incredibly helpful. After a couple of years though, I was really feeling this itch to do something different, do something new. So I pivoted to join a startup. It was a small company. It was a big risk. But I kind of figured, I don't know, I was like, why not, right? Like, what do I have to lose? Let's go, let's jump into it. And I really believed in the mission of the company because essentially it was working with people at their place of business. And I thought this is the perfect place to work with other people because it takes that barrier down of needing to go and make an appointment and needing to see a dietitian maybe outside of work. And I just felt like, you know, this is a really great way to get people where they're making a lot of their choices and where they're spending a lot of their time. So I did that for a number of years. And when I was at that role, as the company was growing, I was realizing very quickly that there was a huge need for a project manager, for an operations manager, for someone that was really, you know, who are we hiring? How are we supporting these dietitians as the company is growing? What about all these initial, all these extra projects? And you know, when you're in business for a while, 
after you've done the same thing for a bit, you start to get itchy. You know what I mean? Like you want to start to do something else, something bigger. Um, At least so for was, our Enneagram. We'll yes. <laughs> yes. So then I was really leading, you know, helping to lead other projects within the company. And then, you know, after a couple of years, it was time for me to go. And I was really realizing I want to be able to help other dietitians within their business and their private practice because there's so many things that I had learned in that role about nitty gritty project management operations, tech, all of that. And I was realizing how pivotal that is for the customer experience and the customer journey and how much that impacts revenue and profitability and client retention. And whenever you're looking to be in business for a long time, client retention and having your client experience be really good is the name of the game. Like that's what people ultimately remember is how you transform them, their life and the experience they had with you. They don't really remember all the things on your website or all the things as sometimes as dietitians we think is really, really important. They really just remember what you did for them. That's a great point because last year when I was experimenting with the case study mastermind, which was, it was born out of dietitians asking me for mentorship on how did you get to where you are now? And I was like, I paid people for, to tell me answers to things. (laughs) That's how I did it quickly. I was like, oh, I don't know the answer to this. Let me go find it from someone smarter than me. And then let me do a really good job listening to my clients hearing them very well because tests are not perfect. They're tools. And so sometimes what you see on something isn't the whole big picture. And so it just makes me think about because part of my ethos is, is I love results. And that's actually a personality problem. It's I love results. I love to see how things go. And so I, now I've like rearranged most of my business to have that outcome, right? We've added a client success coach and she's someone who literally from a reality standpoint, because that's what people really care about who are listening. It's like, what is that? It's a real, it's a go-getter who was in college, found me online five hours away and drove out to the middle of nowhere to shadow me (laughs) and was so interested in what I was doing. And then I helped introduce her to the other people in my area. So she came and did basically a practicum experience in my area. And then she stayed on and helped write the cookbook and she excelled. So with team members, you and I have similarities, but differences. So Jenna, she's very organized. She's very self-starter. It's very good because I don't need to constantly tell her what to do. We can meet, we can brainstorm. She can get stuff done. That's really good for me. Who's like, I am like creative and a dreamer and I love to get stuff done, but like, I feel really bogged down by details of like babysitting the process through generally. And that's where a lot of people get bogged down. Like there's burnout in life and business. And so, so we added Jenna to be this client success person because we want good results. We adjusted the way the packaging is. So like, I will tell people, I'm not going to do a la carte XYZ test because it's not going to help you like it would if you had the support to see the whole process through. So anyway, I'm just like saying there's parallels in everything. And so the way we arrive at things is, is kind of funny. So let's back up. I interrupted you earlier because we were talking about personality types and I just kind of let go of mine. And we, in this, we talked about this because you came on in September-ish when I was launching a project that was exhausting and I won't do it. When we get into end of year planning, we'll talk about what that looks like. But right now, you know, I'm really interested in personality type stuff and we're both Enneagram threes and you speak to that well. So tell us what Enneagram threes are. Yes. So I found Enneagrams, I would say a couple of years ago, I heard people talking about it and I was like, oh, it's just another personality test. Like I don't need that. And then it was earlier this year that I started to see more stuff on Instagram. Cause now there's all these Instagram creatives that talk about Enneagrams and they show these, they like create beautiful illustrations around it. And I started reading more about it. I took my quiz, realized that I was a three. And then I started reading more and more about what it is to be a three. And I felt, I have never been seen more <laughs> in my life. I felt 
seen and heard and identified. And I feel like I finally realized what it is that I was best at, but also what my problem has been (laughs) my whole life. And with Enneagram three, those are usually the people that are very self-driven almost to a fault where they will put almost everything aside, even their own self-care, even things that they find to be really important, like relationships and showering and eating. We will push that aside for our goal of success to be able to get a result. And sometimes it can be a little image driven, like attention driven, but then other times it can be more, we want to be seen and recognized. It's not so much attention. It's more recognition and like feeling like we have a purpose and it's amazing because Enneagram threes are very self-driven people. You don't even have to tell them what to do. They will do it. They will get it done. You'd never have to tell them twice because they never want to disappoint someone else. But it's very interesting because a lot of the times Enneagram threes are also a little disconnected from our own emotions and our own feelings because we're so driven towards success. So, you know, it'll be a situation where it'll be a Thursday afternoon and you're doing stuff, you're doing stuff. And then all of a sudden you stop and you, the next thing you know, you're sitting on the couch crying or sleeping and you're like, what is wrong? with me. This isn't my normal state. And it's because Enneagram three is really, we push ourselves to the break point. We push ourselves to the point of exhaustion and then we can't do anything. We just, our bodies just shut down and our brains stop working. And it is hard for an Enneagram to three to be in that place because we are fulfilled by success and getting things done. And like, there's nothing better for an Enneagram three than completing your to-do list. At the same time, there's also nothing worse than having five things on the to-do list that you didn't get to that you thought you were going to because you got distracted or pulled into something else. So it's really interesting being able to identify with that. And a lot of the times when someone hears they're an Enneagram 3, they're like, oh, that's what's up with me. Like, that's what's going on with me. That's why I feel like I can't relate to other people because I just, I don't know, you feel a little like you're the only one. And then you start to read about it and meet other people that are Enneagrams and you feel really understood. I feel so seen even to hear you talk about Enneagram threes, but I feel bad for everyone who's not an Enneagram three right now listening to this because we are not seeing you and hearing you like we are in the Enneagram three world, but you know, to come, you know, you made me think we should probably do an episode on each individual Enneagram in the near future. But this brings us back to when you came on board in September, like I said, I feel very seen and heard because it's like, cool. So in 2020, here are some things that I did. I wrote a book. And then all this crap happened. It launched at a bad time. My mom had a really significant autoimmune thing. All of that's fine. It all like worked out together, but like writing a book on really short deadline has its stressful points. Thank God for Jenna was there to help like make some of those pieces go together. And then I was like, Hey, we need to create like, cause it was on eczema. We need to create a thing for eczema people because it's like such a big problem as a helper. Like you're also a helper and you want to serve the world. And it's like, we got to create this thing. So followed gurus like template. Let's do this thing. And oh my gosh, I was like really exhausted because I think maybe it's personality type or whatever. It doesn't even matter. What I want to say here is when you're getting to the end of 2020, it's good to take a moment to stop and think about what worked well, what didn't work well this year. And like, it works every year, right? And I am in my business long enough where I can make better decisions at this point because I've been in it for a while, but I could make this decision at any time. I remember being a contractor dialysis, working for a fitness celebrity, writing for a microbiome company and doing my private practice. I remember doing four things one year and I remember doing some end of year looking at stuff. And that was the month I had the most jobs. I made the smallest amount of money mm-hmm. because when your brain is split up in so many different areas, which is definitely a problem for me. Cause it's like, we want to do all the things we want to help all mm-hmm. the people. We see a problem. We want to fill it. 
and I don't know if that's an Enneagram three or just like, you know, it is. Person, whatever. <laughs> it is. <laughs> entrepreneurial, whatever. Like yep. we're excited. Like this year, parts of this year and next year, it's like, there was never nothing wrong with my business, but my husband, I remember him saying, and I think husbands have a way of reminding us like, or people in our lives, like making us see things about ourselves. We'd never maybe seen before. He would say like, why can't you be satisfied with something? And I was like, I was so offended. I was like, I just see how things could be better. Like all the time I would like when my middle child who is a monkey, she is now eight. She's still a monkey. She's like a serious monkey. Like she'd give people anxiety when they came over. Cause she crawls all over like up high on things. And it's, it's just, it's in her blood, I guess. Anyway. And so I used to sit around the living room and like, look at things I could move up higher and farther away and improve. <laughs> so it's just part of the makeup. And so anyway, if we go to the end of the year review, if we wanted to be super simple, we can get into some deeper concepts in a moment, but we want to be super simple. I think the way to think about it is like you draw a line to the paper. What sucked this year? What like totally drained my energy and made me not feel maybe a step before this is like, how do I want to feel? Because I think so often we don't really give that any service. And that's a huge mistake on all of our parts. If we don't know how we want to feel, we're just surviving in our lives and it's not really going very well. And then we become apathetic and that is burnout, right? Like we're like, I don't even like any of this anymore, right? It's why people like quit and do something totally different, even if they were successful with something. So knowing kind of like how you would like to feel. And you know what, when I ask people this, because I ask clients like, hey, how do you want to feel? It's very simple. It's very simple. People want to have some quiet in the morning. They want to drink their coffee and their tea. They want to love their family or their pets or whatever. They want to have some time to themselves. They want to like do great at work. Like it's very common for people to have really similar things. Sometimes when it's different, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Or poor mamas with babies, they're like, oh, I want to do, I can hear when it's like not really what they want, but they're like, I want to do everything for this other person. So their cup is empty. Anyway, so what you want. And then the next thing I think is really just like drawing down a line and saying what worked well and what didn't work well. And that's a good first start because I don't know if you're a problem solver, you can say, all right, let's see, how can I change this type thing? So before I got to know you probably a year or two ago, I was in a mastermind with some other dietitians and I was given a nice end of year assessment. And these can be very good to go through. And I remember at that time, it just feeling so powerful, but you have an end of year assessment too. If we want to get into a little bit deeper stuff, do you want to go through, you use kind of like a mnemonic device and I don't know where it came from. I don't know. I imagine it was not something you created. Maybe it was something you created, but tell me how you kind of look at that year end reflection. Yeah, I use the year end reflection as a really good time to encourage people to pause and think because this is kind of funny. All of my clients are also Enneagram threes, every single one of them. <laughs> and I have noticed that in working with Enneagram threes, they do not celebrate. They blow past huge milestones and they move on to the next thing, mm -hmm. which is why we are often easily burned out because we don't take time to rest. We don't even take the time. We just move on to the next thing. Sometimes so much so that we start the next thing and we're disappointed that it's not further along. And it's like, we forget so quickly how hard we just have been working. So a lot of this came from a couple of things. First of all, so many people, especially CEOs, especially those that have small businesses, we want to do everything. We want it to be done tomorrow or yesterday. And sometimes we have a hard time really strategically thinking through and taking the time to think through how is it that the next day, month, year is going to go, but we want the result, but we don't 
necessarily have the specific plans of how we're going to get there. And then Stop we reading my out, mind. And then we're like, wait, what's wrong with me? Why am I crying on the couch? Like it's this cycle that happens over and over again. So if you're able to pause and do some reflection, it helps you do a couple of things. One, it helps you celebrate because it's really important to do that. When you are a small business owner, a lot of times you're lonely in your business. You don't really have a lot of people that understand that you can talk to about it. It's foreign to friends and family. What is it you do unless you have an entrepreneurial family? So it's really important for you to take that time to really pause and celebrate your victories and accomplishments and what you have done well that you're really proud of. It's also important for you to think back and really reflect on those times when in your year, you felt really burnout. You felt like you were at a breaking point. You needed a break. You needed a rest. There's also times where it's really important to remember what are the things that filled your bucket? What are the things that really gave you life? There is a, this is on another podcast I heard probably... Oh, it was a couple of years ago. And I want to say it was Mark Duplass that said this, but he refers to energy and like our bucket as soul points. And I love this analogy. It stuck with me for years where you only have a certain number of soul points and there are things that you do that are exhausting, but they give you back soul points. So like your bucket is empty. You don't have any left, but because the project is so rewarding and fulfilling, it actually gives you soul points back. So it's, it kind of balances each other out. But then there's other things that you do that are draining and you actually de depleted in soul points. And then what happens is then you go to do something else that requires more soul points and you don't have them because you've given them all away or something else has taken them all away from you. So part of this end of your reflection is to really think through what is honoring your time, your energy? How are you able to refill that bucket? How are you able to get through a year and have it be a year you can not only be proud of, but it can be sustainable. Because I think sometimes we put our foot on the gas pedal, we go 110 miles an hour. But if you can't pause and really think through strategically how you're going to do it, or then how you want your time and energy to be spent, then you end up spinning your wheels a lot. You waste money, you waste time, and then you don't get those results that you really want to. Sometimes it can even feel like that imposter syndrome can be seeping in where you feel like, oh, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that. And if you can take the time to reflect that you can at least think through some of that a little bit better and prepare for it a little bit better. Let's make this a very tangible example for everyone yeah. for sure, which is let's say I don't have any energy at two or three o'clock. There's a lot of reasons for this, like numerous. However, you know what happens? Sometimes we don't have a plan because we haven't really thought through it. We're like, I would like to have the outcome of what it looks like to eat healthfully and feel good. This is just a real example that we deal with on a weekly basis. This is all. But I didn't have a plan. So I ate a bag of chips and a half a block of cheese for lunch, which I feel like I just used it in an example yesterday when I was talking about people who intermittent fast and then get apathetic. And then I can see on there, I'm like, hmm, looks like you're under eating mm -hmm. <laughs> nourishment. Anyway, my point is, is the plan, if there is no plan, we're going to blindly like just keep waking up and reacting to things, right? If you don't take a pause to like sit in your space and our world is so freaking noisy and busy and like distracting, quite frankly, I've really like, I battle distractions a lot. It's part of my squirrel brain. <laughs> and so I've really been like intentional about trying to work through distractions lately because it's a killer of productivity. It's a killer of happiness. It's a killer of joy because we're not living to how we feel. And I think if we go back to the beginning and we say, how do we want to feel? And then we say what worked well and what didn't work well. And then like what you're talking about is reflection, celebration, taking that pause. If we don't do that, we're just going to keep charging through and not really getting to the end thing that we want, right? Like there's no actual linear plan to get that done. It's like, cool, I can identify that I want that thing, super cute. But if I don't like put the action behind it, it doesn't really work. So 
I was talking about the urine reflection you gave me was like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And I mean, those don't, and that's a little more complex and then we don't have to go through that, but it's like what worked well, what didn't work well, you know? And if it didn't work well, sometimes it's shocking. Like until you start to just brain dump it, like you want to make it. So I'm like, let's just make this simple. Until you start brain dumping it on, a, on like a notebook, you don't even realize sometimes like how much time you're spending and time joy sucking activities. You know what I mean? That you could change up a little bit. Yeah, so definitely. So the reflection helps you plan for what you want. And for me, you and I have gone through and we've kind of planned out the first quarter to the first half of the year, which I feel like is unrealistic for someone who's kind of new. Like you can make some goals around something. And I think that vision boarding can be powerful. I have a vision board. I think I made in 2018 and half of the stuff has come true on it. And it was like, at the time it was just kind of like, yeah, I'd really like to have these things. And I still feel like this is important. Like I only know my husband because in fourth grade, I was obsessed with Machu Picchu because I learned about it when I was 10 years old. And then in college, I saw this study abroad trip to South America with an egg group. And I thought, well, that makes sense. Let's go to Argentina in preparation to go to Peru. Cause that makes no freaking sense at all. Just to be clear, but that's what you think when you're like 20. It's a very Krista thing, by the way, you it is this story. <laughs> I'm glad you already know that it's almost <laughs> frightening anyway. So it's like, let's go do that. That makes sense. I missed the memo that it's an egg trip. So I go with all these farmers and then lo and behold, I marry one. And here I am. That was 2008. Here I am 12 years later, still haven't gone to Machu Picchu. And then this year happened. So it's got to go on the list. It's like, I have to plan it this year. Like if you don't plan it, it will never come to fruition is my point. That is the end of the story. Oh my gosh. Unreal, unreasonable story. No, I think that really aligns with one of the things that I often find with business owners is what they'll say, or really just people in general. We do this all the time. This isn't exclusive to business owners is we have all of these lofty ideas of how we want to have our life go, our time, our business, whatever. And almost everyone has the note app on their phone or a Google doc or a notebook somewhere where they have all these great lofty ideas. But if it only ever lives on that piece of paper and there's no plan behind it. There's no actual like reverse engineering of how I'm going to make this happen. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't matter if it's the simplest thing of, I don't know, it could be something so simple. Like we want to get our haircut, you know, let's, let's go get a haircut, but you might need to get a haircut for a month before you actually make the plan to go do it. But it's in the back of your head that you need to do it. And I think it's really fascinating when you even look at some of the research that they've done on the most successful people over time, you would think that success is based on motivation because a lot of people will say, especially in the field of health, they'll say, well, I'm just not motivated. I know what I need to do, but I just can't, I can't get myself to do it. And what they have found is that time and time again, what actually helps people to be successful has nothing to do with motivation. It's three factors that they all have in common. They have accountability, they have a plan, And they have the belief that they can do it. And if you are doing things solo, writing these big ideas on a piece of paper, and you're kicking yourself because you can't get it done and can't make it happen, it's because you're trying to do it by yourself and you don't have a real plan. You might believe that you can do it. You might have one of those things. But if you don't have the plan or the accountability of other people or a support system, it really is, is hard to make it happen. So I think a lot of times we're really hard on ourselves. I mean, because when you and I first started talking the, one of the first things you sent me was like a 20 page Google doc of all your ideas that you 13. wanted to have happen. Okay. It was long. It was, small idea. it was like, it was like 
the whole brain. Down. I was trying to it, get you. I was trying to bring you up to speed. It was like a training. Was, man. And it was great. It was really helpful. But like all of those ideas were sitting on that piece of paper. And then what did we have to do? We had to build them into a sauna. We had to make them tasks. We had to make them to-do lists. You and I hold each other accountable with what those things are that need to have happen. We have to hold the team accountable to make sure that those things are getting done. Now that we have this well-oiled team that is, you know, everyone's running, everyone knows what they got to do and it's, it's functioning pretty well. Now, you know, we have that accountability piece checked off. We have the plan checked off and the belief that you can do it. You've always had that you've driven the team in your business with the belief that you can do it. So it's amazing because really, if you think about what's happened over the last couple of months, the reason why things have been smoother and we've been able to accomplish so much is because we have checked all of those three boxes and you know, it's really interesting because I would even ask you in your reflection of 2020, how was the first part of the year compared to the second part of the year of how you felt your energy? I mean, all of that. Is that a question? Yeah. I'm curious. Well, that's hard to say. I mean, I mean this both was of a them. Wild year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but in theory though, my life was really similar to normal because I already worked at home. It was like, you know, the kids were home. You got used to that in March. So it's like, was there a first half and a second half? First half was like, we're trying to write a book at lightning speed. The second half was like, let's try to do this eczema program. And by the way, feel really burnt out by everything we're giving. And I just needed a break after that. I kind of like came down and, okay. So when you were talking about accountability, plan, and belief, this is important because you have to recognize how you thrive. And for me, if I don't have accountability, it ain't going to happen. I learned this about myself, at least it became very obvious to me in 2015 when I decided to start exercising for the first time. I know, I know anyway, because I was just like feeling bleh. And so I was like, turns out you got to actually do that sometimes. So anyway, knowing what you really thrive on, because if you're missing that point, and the thing is before Sierra came onto the map here in the business, there was already three other people working in the business as well. I think I should also mention here, if you're a mom and you have little people at home, you need to give yourself a thousand times more grace because this stuff, like it's, you just need to give yourself a lot more grace. I went to college as a mother. I regret not taking time off when my kids were born, when I was contracting. Anyway, there's a lot of regrets I have, but like, I feel like that was a fog time. And now my kids, my youngest child is now six. My oldest is 15 going on 16 in a couple of months, which is weird. Cause I'm not that old to have a child like that. So my point is no one who looks like they have things together does completely. And like, I have things that I was supposed to mail in September that I haven't done yet, which hurts me. Like it's so stressful for me, but I also suck at going to the, there's like, like reasons that, cause the to-do list stacks up. So I always tell clients. So here's the thing there's like priorities in life. And like my clients are a priority. Like they will come before my family often accidentally. Cause you know, Enneagram problems. Cause it's like, Hey, we're trying to do client stuff and priority stuff. And so it's like, sometimes I'll tell someone if it's something I've got to do outside of a session, if you don't hear from me in a very small amount of time, just please double check because the to-do lists get long. And sometimes like they just, you know, the priorities stack up. Anyway, my point in this is that not everyone has it together. Not, no one does things completely by themselves. And Sierra said, some of the stuff we've planned in 2021 is stuff I've wanted to do for over a year. And she said, yeah, I should make it put on my website. I help you do this stuff. You never have time to do, you know? So we reflected on 2020, what worked well, what didn't work well. It turns out the things that don't work well, you can change, right? You can change even in your, like, if you are a stay at home mom, there are things you cannot change and things you can change. But I think sometimes what I would say is if we hang our happiness on something dependent on someone else, we will never be happy. 
And so you have to say, okay, cool. What can I change? What can I not change? Let me get help in certain areas wherever I can, right? Like be a problem solver or let certain things or work on the ability to let certain things go. Like there was a time where I was like, I have to let go having like being embarrassed if my house isn't clean when someone drops in, you know, I was like, I can't do everything. Like this isn't going to happen. And when you have young kids, it's like, I heard someone say this the other day, like if you have kids under six, like there's stuff everywhere. (laughs) Or if you have a husband who's a child, you have stuff everywhere, whatever. Anyway. All right. So reflection helps us look forward to 2021 because it's like, Hey, what worked well, what didn't work well, because it also helps, you know, Hey, you can't do things in the same. Like I know after doing the thing that we did in September, trying to launch the eczema thing, I was like, I need a break from that. Like I felt tired. It was exhausting. Like it was fulfilling to have people go through the program and have great success, but there's certain things that are just like taxing. And so it's like, we've got to rethink that, but I need a break from it because I can't even think about it. So in 2021, I'm excited about the things that we're doing. And then we'll kind of wrap because no one really cares about like what's going on. But also at the same time, I think people are interested in what's happening behind the scenes. So that's what today is about. And also a reminder. And I'd love to also ask you, Sierra, in a second, like if you have any comments about like, if someone was going to start a vision board, what it would look like, but I'll tell you kind of what we're looking at and how we're moving forward. So as a person who's always like, I always want to develop and whatnot. I always want to improve. There was nothing wrong with how the business was running technically, but why wouldn't we experiment with making things better? And so something I'd wanted to do for a year was have masterclasses on topics that I felt were just like misunderstood or that could really serve people. And they're really areas that I feel like I've had issues. You know, it's like, I think it's better when you've had something you've had an issue with because you can speak to it much more intimately, right? So one of the first things we're doing in 2021 is having a detox masterclass because for me, I suck at detox because of genetics and it showed up on skin issues and fatigue and other things. And so we are doing that early in January. And like, that's something I want to invite more people to like understand and to like benefit from. Right. In February, we tentatively planned a tantrum masterclass because people are asked, like, I've dealt with this. Like when you have a kid with unreasonable anger and you feel like you've gone to therapy and you've dealt with other things and you've dealt with the emotional stuff, is there some innate things going on on the inside? Yes, there is often. So if people are interested in that, we're doing that in February. And then why am I telling you this? Because in March, after like feeling this burnout thing and understanding and, and experiencing it many times, I realized that like Enneagram 3 service providers in 2020 is quite a year of burnout for a service provider, right? For a lot of people. Um, how do we support that? Because after you've been burned out or stressed for a long time, even if you don't recognize it as stress, you start to have physiological changes in your body that do need some support and nourishment to get back on par. So you can like do all the things you need to do because you are not productive and effective when you are burned out. So in March, we're going to do like a four week thing where we really nourish and bring people back to like full capacity. And I don't mean like fully from the emotional angle. I mean, really from like the nourishment nutritional angle, like here's what has to be at play for your body to function optimally and for you to not be fogged and for you to work well and have energy and be able to get out of bed and do your thing. So I feel excited about these things because the things I feel like can serve the world. Again, there's nothing wrong with where we've, where we've been, but I'm excited. Like we have to be excited about what we're going into. And I think if I could say, what is something like, what is something you can be excited about? Even if it has nothing to do with work, me planning our trips for 2022 
makes me excited. It's like my brain vacation, right? Me looking at home design on Instagram is a type of home vacation. It's a type of vacation in my brain that we need to have. We need to be able to decompress, et cetera. I'd love to hear from you, Sierra, what goes into 2021 planning from you, what you think about vision boarding, how you've thought about it from your, like, I don't know, just whatever you want to say about reflection to planning. Yeah, for sure. So I would say if we were thinking about like vision, almost vision casting, I used this analogy yesterday on Instagram because I was trying to explain why 2021 planning and even vision casting is so important. And I use the analogy of, let's say you go on a cruise and you're getting on a cruise ship and, you know, typically when you get on a cruise, you usually meet like the crew and you meet the captain initially. So you get on the cruise ship, you meet the captain, Hey, how's it going? And then you're going about your vacation and, you know, you're going to eat breakfast. You go to the omelet station and the captain is cooking you an omelet and you're like, oh, that's strange. Why is he cooking omelets today? And then you, the next thing you know, you're going to the pool and you're hanging out and all of a sudden the captain's passing out towels. And then he's, you know, taking out the trash cans later. And then you are sitting around realizing we never left the dock or we're headed in the wrong direction or we're headed to Alaska and we're supposed to be going to Hawaii. And that is what happens when oftentimes business owners are taking the role of everyone else on the ship instead of being the captain. Business owners are the only ones that can drive the vision of where that ship is going. That's their job. And when they get distracted by doing all of these other little things, it not only pulls them away from their job, but it pulls them, it pulls their joy, it pulls their energy. It's usually things they can do, but it's not necessarily things they should be doing. So I think that that's really important to remember that analogy when we're thinking of reflection. In what ways have you basically been the person trying to do all these other jobs? And has that been part of the reason why your energy has been drained? In thinking into the future, how can you best support yourself by doing your job? And how can you best support your business and the team around you by giving them essentially the direction and the communication that they need to be able to do their job. And when the ship is running really well, the captain is where the captain needs to be and everyone, the crew is with there where they need to be. And there's not overlap in what is happening. It's a really, it's a smooth operation and that's how you get to where you're going. And if I think about essentially vision casting and how we would go about doing that, the very first thing, it's a really simple question. How do you imagine yourself in a year from now? What is the reality? And rather than saying it in a future tense, rather than saying, I want to fill in the blank, say it in a present tense as if it's already happened. So, you know, I'll share one of my goals. One of my personal goals for next year is that I take care of myself in 2020. There were definitely times where I wasn't taking care of myself in a way that I should have been. I was maybe skipping meals because I was getting busy or I had some anxiety. I wasn't exercising as much or even just moving my body. I would sit at my desk in my computer chair. And when you do that day in, day out for too many hours, what happens is your brain becomes mush. You're tired. You're burnt out. You're not as productive anymore. And you're not even enjoying really what it is that you're doing. And if you can take that time for myself, if I can take that time and I can say, I take care of myself. I know that I will be better, happier, kinder, nicer, more productive, everything. So whenever you're doing vision casting, it's a really great idea to say those statements, those things that you want to do, but say them as if they have already happened. Then from there, what I do, and I wouldn't recommend doing too many of those. I'd say like pick three because it's really hard for us to do more than even one thing. So maybe pick three. 
And then from there, I like to reverse engineer it. So if I want to take care of myself, if I take care of myself, if that's my statement, then what are the things that I need to do to make that happen? Well, I know that I need to shower. I know that I need to eat. I need to drink water, let's say. So maybe now I'm setting three goals for myself. And those are the three goals that I want to try to stick to on a regular basis so that I'm able to then get to that thing that I want. A lot of the times I think we make our goals a little bit too big and we say, I want this big lofty thing, but if you don't break it down into really small, simple, actionable steps, that's when sometimes it's almost out of reach because we haven't made it attainable for ourselves. We haven't broken it down and made it so simple. On a to-do list, something, two things, captain analogy, you know, (laughs) does sting a little bit and that applies to the head of a household as well or whatever, right? Because you're still the man. Like I always think about this from the original superintendent that was here when I got here. Behind every apparently successful man is a woman doing all the things. So sorry to any men that are listening, but I always always think that like if you're head of household or whatever, you can still apply the same analogy. And then the other piece is I've noticed I fail the most at my to-do list, which, you know, does that make me feel very good when the action items take more than 10 minutes. So that's the unfortunate, annoying, freaking part is that we always are like, let me do this big thing. And it's like, why doesn't that big thing ever happen? Cause it's too freaking big. And so you're just going to continually like procrastinate cause it takes too damn long. And so you has to be, you have to break down that one big thing into a bajillion tiny things or it doesn't happen. And so this is where we have to get really serious about not having so many things going on. Could you make a note of that, Krista? Could you make a note to not have so many things going on anyway? And you know, it's funny because you just start to recognize things about yourself. It's like, it's very typical for Krista to take on too many things forever, you know? So it's good to have that reflection time to stop and realize that. So anyway, if you have that problem too, high five. So anyway, less than 10 minute tasks is my point. Like you will have a much more successful three to five item to-do list. If it's like a 10 minute task instead of a three hour task, it just ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. The barrier to get started on tasks. And that's, what do they say? Like the hardest part of going to the gym is putting your sneakers on, right? It's not actually going to the gym. If you can get your sneakers on, you you know what I mean? You, yeah, exactly. You've, You've basically done it. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes we look and we make this, we make a goal, but it's almost not even a goal. It's like, it's a hundred different things for that goal to even happen. I mean, let's even just break it down and just something really simple. Like I want my house to be clean. What has to happen for your house to be clean? Probably 50 tasks and in your house, I mean, it's probably more than that, but then you also need life to pause because then you don't need you. If you go to like do the dishes, no one can eat anything while you're doing the dishes because then there's mess because someone has just dirty to dish. So when you're thinking about those goals, you're absolutely right. You do have to break it down. And sometimes I think we don't do that because then we look at all the things that are required for that goal. And we're like, woof, that's a hundred things. I don't want to do any of those. And I think that that's where adding in elements of grace and giving ourselves realistic timelines is what can be really helpful too. Because if you can break that goal down into all of those little teeny tiny tasks that you're going to have to do, it's a lot more realistic for you to set timelines. And then you're not disappointed in yourself when you haven't reached it because you're able to be a little bit more realistic. Mm -hmm. Realistic is a serious thing. I will just mention about the cleaning the house thing. I have had someone helping with my house every week for over a year. And I'm almost getting to the point where things are slightly more orderly on like a regular basis where it's not like it looks like a bomb went off every single week when she gets there. And so I think that's like, it's funny because it's like, there's a lot of other things that happen to get to that point And it does not happen quickly. I also have like a, you know, have you ever gone through a program 
if you haven't, whatever, let me tell you, sometimes you go through a thing and it's like, write a letter to yourself in 90 days, kind of like vision casting. (laughs) I have a letter on behind like this board of things. I'm not supposed to forget to do in my office that says open like August 23rd. And I kind of know some things that it says. And I'm like, I ain't opening that yet. Like (laughs) three months was a little fast, (laughs) but also you got to be marching toward those things. And so my point is, is like, it's consistency, which is a challenge. We have trouble with consistency because sometimes very frequently our day is different from day to day. And so these are challenges. Guess what? Just saying that this is a challenge is the important piece. And so I just want to say like, I consistently have had someone come for four hours a week and it's like, still, we're just getting to where it's like, oh, cool. This actually is working decently. So reality, I'm just saying reality, like it's not going to happen overnight or in a month or in three months sometimes. So what do you think? Anything else we should share? I think this is a great for the right kind of personality type. Thanks for coming on and talking about end of your reflection and 2021 planning and kind of some of the things that go into that. I hope someone found this kind of sort of interesting, but based on the people that sometimes reach out, I hope those people do find it interesting to see behind the scenes. Anything else you want to share? Where can people find you online, Sierra? Yeah. People can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Sierra, C-I-E-R-R-A dot R-D, or my website is robinscollective.com with two Bs. All right. Thanks for doing this with me today. Thank you. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 